liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe This is going to be an episode unlike any I've ever done before, and perhaps any you have ever heard before. My interview tonight is with Adam Kokesh. He was a candidate for the Libertarian Party presidential nomination in 2020. He also has an illustrious career as an activist, uh, most notably as a former military uh, enlistee who served in the Middle East and then came back and told the truth about his experiences there. And I think in a very honorable and brave way, he did a great service to the anti-war movement. And for that, I am forever in his debt. All that aside, he has attacked many people that I care about deeply in the Mises Caucus, including Dave Smith, Scott Horton, Angela McArdle, Michael Heiss. The list goes on and on, and he has been on an absolute tear as in tearing in to everyone that I care about. So what did I do? I stupidly tried to intervene and see if I could peacemake. And Adam, being the Adam that he is, uh, basically talked me into having him on the show to hammer this stuff out. And honestly, this episode's not going to be for everybody. It really isn't. But I will say this. If you enjoy a good shit show, you're going to love this episode. And if you enjoy... Good back and forth and banter. I think you're going to love this episode. And if you don't like any of those things, you're probably going to hate this episode. But hey, that's life. If you don't want to hear it, you don't have to. I explained towards the end of the episode my reasoning for having him on. And believe it or not, I know a lot of people are going to accuse me of clickbait for this episode, capitalizing on the drama du jour. I honestly didn't want to do this episode. Adam essentially talked his way onto the show and... In my efforts to peacemake, I said, okay, I'm going to give you a fair and open hearing and see what you have to say and see what you have to present. And I gave him carte blanche to present anything he wanted. I personally don't find that his evidence of uh, misdeeds from any of the higher-ups in the Mises Caucus to be merited uh, after giving him a full opportunity. I think you'll conclude the same, but if you disagree, that's also fine. Ultimately, my biggest driver here was to peacemake. I think that someone with his track record would be a value to the movement, and I would like to bring him back in, if at all possible. I don't know that I succeeded in that, to be honest. But I think you'll agree that I did everything in my power to give him the opportunity and to give him a pathway if he is seeking peace. We'll see. Time will tell. All that being said, I do want to uh, thank you guys for becoming supporters over at libertylockdown.locals.com. I had a bunch of people come on to the live stream with me last night to talk it out, to ask whatever questions you wanted, and it was a blast as always. Adam had a little bit of connection issues because he lives in a cabin out in the middle of nowhere, and that's just the name of the game. That just happens sometimes, so I apologize for that. But uh, overall, I like Adam. Just going to be honest. You know, despite all of the mudslinging and shit-stirring, I like him. He's an interesting guy, and I really do appreciate what he's done in the past. And from the bottom of my heart, I wish him the best, and I hope, hope that we can come back together in the future and uh, work together to further human liberty. 
Here's to hoping. Welcome, everybody, to a live stream edition of Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint Russell, your humble host. You can hear in the backdrop Mr. Adam Kokesh, who I will bring on in one minute. He has been the talk of Liberty Twitter, and uh, I figured that it would be good to get That's like being the smartest kid on the short bus, isn't it? (laughs) I'll bring him in in one second. Uh, But before I do, let me tell you about our sponsor for tonight's episode. If you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet, maybe advertisers know a bit too much about you, or you're concerned about the privacy of your identity, using incognito mode won't solve the problem either. IPVanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IP Vanish, all your data is encrypted. This means that your private details, password, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com forward slash Clint, like C-L-I-N-T, that's me. And use promotional code CLINT. Claim your 70% savings today. That is I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com forward slash CLINT. And now, with no more further ado, the man of the hour, Mr. Adam Kokesh. How are you doing, Clint? I'm good, man. I'm good. I uh, I got to be honest with you. I was uh, I was not really wanting to do this because I don't... You know, you and I don't know each other, and I feel like this is a, this is a beef that you have with other people. Um, but ultimately, I would like to hey, see. Hey, girls, if... play nice. Sorry, that's Thelma Louise. Ah, nice. I I figured that it would be nice if we can get your side of the story, see if there's a, a path for peace, and if there's not, well, then at least I tried. Uh, but I, I appreciate your time, and uh, so I was thinking well, about. Well, there uh, is a path. There is a path for peace. Obviously, I'm I'm I'm. I'm fundamentally philosophically optimistic on the nature of human progress. Still really bullish on that. But, you know, I think it's great that you have a sponsor. There's independent media. I know it's tough. And, uh, you know, fighting censorship when you have anything controversial to say. So IP vanish. I think being conscientious of online privacy is really important. You know, I, I use uh, um, NordVPN. You know, and I'm not I'm not trying to plug your sponsor exclusively. I don't, I'm not familiar with them. You know, sure, I sure. wouldn't I wouldn't do that. That'd be irresponsible. But um, I'm, I'm definitely an advocate of uh, privacy rights. But more importantly, sort of just information consciousness. Like if you put something on a device that's connected through a cell phone carrier where the government can access your data with a backdoor, nothing you can fucking say is private. But. You can at least not be a fucking moron about it. And if you're going to conduct a dishonest whisper campaign against someone, you can use something like IP Vanish and not be an idiot like like Joshua Smith or Mike Heiss or, or, or Dave Smith. These fucking morons who think they can lie about me in writing and get away with it. And, you know, I mean, I guess they're pretty good. They've been doing it for, uh, I don't know, a few years now. But, man, Mike Heiss really fucked up recently. Josh Smith, I mean, I posted the conversation with him on, on Twitter like, I don't know, half an hour ago. Um, but man, Joshua Smith, holy shit, that guy must really hate himself. You know, I mean, he's blaming social media for hating himself. 
But that guy's got anger issues and the impulse control of a teenager. Uh, I mean, and the integrity of Hillary Clinton. So, I, I mean, why anybody still believes anything this guy has to say is beyond me. But Mike Heiss is worse, really, and, and, and Dave Smith, you know, directly in covering for him. So, um, you know, I hope that that sort of sums things up, at least somewhat in a style your audience can appreciate. Uh, but Before, I know you want some backstory, so feel free to ask any questions you want yeah. to, to, to get the, the sequence of events if you feel like you need it. Uh, yes, I certainly will, and I do. Um, uh, well, let me start by saying, it, you know, glass stones or glass houses and stones. Uh, saying I have nothing people, to hide, motherfuckers. I have nothing to hide. People have I anger control care. issues. I don't care. I have <laughs> nothing to hide. I'm not running for office. I don't give a fuck what you think about me anymore. You can get your, you know what, you know what, Clint, if you want to form your opinion about me from the testimony of a crazy, angry ex-girlfriend I just dumped five years ago, fucking be my guest. If you think Mike Heiss is an authority on anything, hey, you know what? Good luck with life. If you want to believe dishonest people, that's on you. I really don't give a fuck, man. Let's, it's let's slow, down, like, slow down. Slow down. I, I, I don't I even. Don't I, I get it. I get it. I don't know your. I don't know your side of the story. So let's let's start there, man. So you feel that Michael Heiss started a whisper campaign against you a few years ago? Is that correct? This isn't about the feels, man. This is about the facts. Facts don't care about your feels. You should know better. I don't know. It's it's what I know, what I've experienced and what we find. Like I've had a lot of evidence. I've had a lot of testimony of this, but not proof until just recently when Mike Heiss put it in writing that uh, the reason he kicked me out of the Mises caucus when it was just a Facebook group was because I called Larry Sharp a pedophile, which yeah. is just fucking uh, hilarious. That, that, that's what I wanted the details on. So you did say in that, uh, in that text to me that you had said something mistakenly about Larry Sharp. So what right. did you say? Because obviously, yeah, no. So this know. is so this was when the 2020 primary presidential nominating contest within the Libertarian Party was basically me and Bill Weld, right? And uh, I, I got Bill Weld out of the party. Uh, you're welcome. So you. <laughs> uh, no, and in doing so, uh, I, I had someone at the time who had infiltrated my campaign and misinformed me about Larry's involvement. But Larry was getting cozy with Bill Weld, okay. and. One of the things that I uh, correctly accused uh, Bill Weld of was being involved in a video project where there was a pedophile on the production team and not calling it out. It's kind of a petty thing. Like, I think pedophiles, like convicted pedophiles, like, I mean, yeah, you should be outcast. Uh, this was kind of a marginal case. You know, if you're actively a threat to children, I have wood chipper. Okay. You know, like whatever we got to do in those situations, sure. Um, we can talk about free market, you know, problems, uh, solutions to, uh, you know, pedophiles in another episode, if you really want to. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I was, I, I was really just going after Bill Weld and because Larry Sharp was cozy with him and I, I it was, uh, and I, I made a long video expand exposing Angela Fisher Owens, by the way, how the fuck is she even pretending to be relevant in the libertarian party after everything she's done? I mean, we were really convinced that she was some kind of plant. Uh, but definitely I, a lot just for you. So, you know, I'm, I'm Sally come, come lately. I don't even know who that is. So okay. just, yeah. uh, if anybody wants to look up Angela Fisher Owens and what happened with my campaign back in the day, you can go look that up. So I don't remember the details, but um, I was mistakenly informed that, uh, that Larry was involved with this production and something specific with Bill Wealth. I don't remember. I don't really give a fuck. Okay. Um, but I, uh, 
had already triggered Larry, I think. And so he, we, he didn't want to talk to me. And I was like, oh, you're hiding from me. Okay, well, I'm going to call you out publicly. And I put him on blast uh, at a Georgia Libertarian Party convention. And man, Larry is, as uh, from my experience, he's as awesome in real life as he comes off online and as a candidate. Larry's yeah. a good guy. And he lived in like a gentleman and he handled it well. And I was really blinded by my biases and the lie that I was told uh, by Angela Fisher, Fisher Owens and by Mike Heiss. And what Mike Heiss was telling me was about the more about the Bill Weld thing in the party and how it was tied to the Prague caucus because Larry is affiliated. I, I, I don't know what affiliated means in his specific case. I don't know if he's a member or what, but he's often associated with the Prague caucus. And, um, you know, as, as the early Mises, a big part of their intent was like, let's let's set ourselves apart from the Prags. Right. Um, and so Mike Heiss told me some stuff about Larry's connection that was inaccurate, that that backed me up in blasting Larry. And uh, funny thing is, Larry and I became friends out of it. Like we're, we're both former Marines. You know, um, we, we have we, we have very respectful disagreements in stra yeah. strategy and life. I mean, he fucking lives in New York City. What kind of libertarian lives in New York City? I mean, you Crazy either have hate yourself or not care about your own personal freedom to live in New York City. If you're a and Larry gets it and he knows that I give him a hard time about shit like this and we have fun with it. But yeah, man, I made a, I made a big mistake. I was lied to um, and I trusted the wrong people and uh, I should have known better. And uh, when I do that, no. I'll own up to it. Well, the my understanding from I, I had to do my own due diligence, obviously, as a third party that's really not involved in any of this. So I I called around asking people what what had transpired, and and their version of events was that at some some sort of speaking engagement yeah. on stage, you referred yeah. to Bill Bill Weld as a pedophile, and that no, Larry, that's not true either. No, oh, that's not, not true. Okay, that was, what, it was what happened? the Georgia Libertarian Party State Convention in uh 2018 or 19 and pretty sure 2018 and uh ryan graham was there and he'll testify to this no what i what i did call bill weld was that he was a pedophile protector because of the production assistant who was working on the project that he was uh, it was about him and his candidacy and i said that uh larry was providing like a gateway into the party by working with bill weld for someone who was fundamentally i mean do I do I have to you know who Bill Weld is, right? I don't of course, have, yeah. I have to explain. No, I do know Bill Weld. Yeah. Bill Weld is problematic for the Libertarian Party, to say the least, right? Yes, so he is. and, and uh, so I, I I went too far, you know, in in uh, girls freaking chill out. If if they get rowdy, I'll put them in their crate. But no, these this is Thelma and Louise, my uh, my my puppies who got arrested with me over the mushrooms incident in Swatch oh, County, Colorado last year. Um, so, so you, you, yeah, no, Mike Heiss has been lying about me for about, and about this since uh, the very beginning of Mises Cox when he kicked me out and wouldn't answer for why. And so that's why there's a lot of this distorted uh, story of, of, of all sorts of things I've been accused of. And, you know, I mean, I, Mike Heiss fucking, you, you have me calling him pedophile, put up or shut up. And, you know, I, I think I, I've seen enough other stuff that I, I'm very careful and, and you'll hear me. Uh, it's, please stop me if I fail in this to differentiate between what I have proof of what I have, uh, you know, in writing irrefutable proof. Um, I mean, of course, writing can be faked, but I've just screenshots from Mike Heist that, you know, he hasn't denied. Um, 
and that as opposed to what I have evidence of as in testimony or secondary indicators in, in, in sort of more tangible evidence and, and what is speculation and what is sort of my, my feelings as, as you might say about the things uh, that, that, that we're talking about here and the, the dishonesty that really has so, become a concern. So what, what is, what is rock solid? I mean, it, it sounds as if the only thing that, that you showed me was that Michael Heiss described your kicking out of the Mises caucus Facebook group was because of what you had said about Larry Sharp, which you disagree with having been said. Is there anything else? Hold on just a second. Hey, down below, Louise. Go to bed. Hey, go to bed. Good girls. Come on. Good girls. Very good girls. Good girls. Sorry about that. We were uh, we were working out outside just before this, and they're a little rowdy. So the other things I have concrete proof of, um, and, and it's more of a narrative in my testimony, but I can provide the documents to back it up, are uh, Dave Smith and Josh Smith covering for Mike Heiss's lie because I asked them about this while they were being friendly with me. Uh, before they ghosted on me when I started raising this issue. And I said, well, why did I, I mean, they're like, well, how come you're not more active with the Mises caucus? They, they both asked at some point, or it came up in that framework, at least I don't remember the wording or the angle of the question. But I said, well, I, I would have been, but Mike Heiss kicked me out at the very beginning and I never found out why. I asked, I've asked a bunch of people around him and he just always seemed to dodge the question. And then, you know, and, and, and I don't know if this was in good faith or not, but this is this is my absolute, honest to God's truth testimony. And, and I have the text messages that at least, I mean, back up this, this, this narrative, this sequence of events. Uh, but I think both of these were in, in voice conversations that I had with Dave and Josh. And I said, well, you know, ask Mike Heiss and get back to me. They said, yeah, okay, I will. And then they never got back to me. And then when I raised the question, they started avoiding me. Okay. So the, but again, the only, the only thing that has been done that you feel aggrieved by is that Michael Heiss said that you said something you didn't say about Larry Sharp. That's it. No, no. There's a number of things. There's been a there's been a dozen a dozen of false accusations. But I, I don't really even care to defend myself, man. I I honestly don't. What I'm really well, aggrieved this, by this isn't this isn't about defending yourself. This is about people understanding the situation right. so that they can make their own decision. Right, right. So what I'm what I'm really aggrieved by is that a dishonest, disruptive force has come into the Libertarian Party and come into uh, into the movement under false pretenses and is so division and has created chaos and has fucked up messaging. And uh, if you go to the, the, the I mean, there, there's a lot that happened in 2020. I don't, I'm not here to be egotistical and say, oh, if it wasn't for Mike Heiss, I would have won. But it was a major, it was the single, this, this, this whisper campaign was a single major obstacle we faced. But like, I think Jacob Hornberger would have been a much better candidate than Joe Jorgensen. No offense to Joe and or Spike. Yeah. I love both of them. And my message is, except for the fact that, they don't really talk about civil disobedience or living the principles. They're really just like, yeah, we should just speak out and then bend over and take it. You know, I'm like, nah, I don't really agree with that part of their message, but like more or less they're principled voluntarists. And I really believe that they believe and they're well-intentioned in, in their advocacy for Liberty, but honestly, they're both pretty weak and you can make all the excuses you want, but the results of the 2020 election and Joe Jorgensen's apology statistics tour that I've seen, I've seen her give the speech a few times that yep. it's taken mentions. It's kind of embarrassing. And I, I, I will say that I think Jacob Hornberger at least would have been a much better candidate. There were a few others and I don't want to go back and second guess the, 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 the 2020, whatever, but I think a big part of the mission is to make the libertarian party ineffective. And this goes back to COINTELPRO, pro, right? And if you don't mind me, going on a bit of a sidebar, I promise I'll bring this back. 
Are, are you familiar with COINTELPRO, Clint? I am, yeah. We got a big, your big supporter here from Jared. It says, here's your child support money, Clint. Let me see our child. <laughs> anytime, <laughs> brother, anytime. Uh, we got we got a we got a less kind comment, which will probably not make you happy if I can find it. Um, let's see here, MD. He sent me twenty bucks, so I gotta post it. I'm sorry. Thanks for supporting homeless crackheads by giving them a platform, Clint. Very kind of you. Yeah, see, I I don't care. I'm like I I, have, I know. I, have I figured you'd laugh it off. I have like like part of what's making this possible. Like I have complete self acceptance. I have I have plenty of passive income. I, you know, I have inheritance. Good. Like I I I own that I earned and made for myself here, uh, 11, I'm on my, where I got the sun, the sunset over here. Do you want me to, do you want me to show? Oh my gosh, this is perfect timing. I live on 11 acres in the mountains and, uh, on, on a homestead, I bought 11 acres for $13,000 six years ago. I don't know if does that, does that come through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can see that. Yeah. That's, that's like a that's beautiful my, spot, man. Yeah, man. I live in the mountains of Arizona. I have a super smoking hot girlfriend, who uh, wants us to uh, to add a couple of women to our relationship? So um, you know, I'm, I'm off grid. I'm self sustaining. I'm 40 years old. Um, I got Propecia curing my baldness. Uh, <laughs> I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'm the fittest I've ever been. I have the best really? drugs. I I mean, people send me amazing. Like my I have friends all over the world who send me amazing drugs in the mail. Smoking pot. <laughs> I mean, I buy from the grower by the by one of Joe, my girlfriends. Uh, my girlfriend, I grow, I, I buy weed from one of uh, her friends who grows in California by the pound, and it comes out to about $33 an ounce for cannabis. Like, I, I mean, I, I have everything I want. The only thing I don't have is, you know, my name cleared because there's been this cloud hanging over me of bullshit from, from uh, I, I really believe that the majority of it is is sourced by Mike Heiss. But you know what? I, I just, I've, I like, aside from, that if, if I got to be the guy that everybody thinks is, is, you know, the slime ball that Mike Heiss's lies portray me as, but I get to be the truth teller until I finger all the assholes. And yeah, I'm using that language deliberately because it makes me giggle every time too. Yeah, I'm going to finger all the assholes in the LP. Someone's going to clip that to make fun. I don't care. Make all the memes. I thrive on your hatred. I just, I, it's whatever. Um, Adam, and so, so let me let me let me ask a quick quick question, quick question. So, it seems as if the what you're describing as a whisper campaign, others might describe as a a caucus going a different direction in terms of a candidate, because it seems as if Mike and the Mises Caucus as a whole. One, Bro, why, why is it always lies? I mean, even you, you. I mean, even your version of of oh, Adam called Bill Weld a pedophile. I never called Bill Weld a pedophile either. Like these people I, are just I'm telling not, you what I was told. Right. Sure. No, no, I'm not talking. I'm not saying you're being dishonest. Yeah. Okay. Although when you were dishonest on Twitter, to, to be honest, fuck you for that. You said I hadn't shown any evidence when I'd actually shown Mike Heiss line writing. Or like you said, I didn't substantiate. You're just talking shit. I know. But that's, that, that's, that's, some that's an allegation. That's an allegation, Adam. That's not evidence. You said I hadn't showed any evidence. You said I hadn't showed any evidence. That was a lie. That's because, I mean, because that's not evidence. On Twitter. It, I don't, I don't know what transpired. Sorry, okay, you can play dumb, but I, that's okay. There's the a lot of people covering lives, and that's why I just I, I don't have any tolerance for the dishonesty anymore, man. Like I don't I care. Know, I have nothing. You're perceiving wrong, you're but. perceiving dishonesty where it's just inquisitiveness. I was trying to iron out the details of your claim, and you're like, oh, you, I already sent you, you evidence. 
You know, Clint, fucking don't be a coward now. You accused me, own up to your words, you accused me of making accusations and presenting zero evidence when I had already presented numerous conversations online. And I had presented Adam. that that screenshot with Mike Heiss. So no, like either you're not doing your homework and you're 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 making presumptions and making false accusations, or you're just fucking lying and playing dumb now. So which is it, Clint? Adam, Adam, you have you have dealt with enough criminal charges to know that communicate screenshots of text messages where people where you make allegations and people deny them is not evidence that's not evidence no evidence no evidence no, i didn't say proof i didn't say proof i think it's proof based on the context if you don't have the backstory it's not proof if you have the backstory it is proof and you know it's proof of something but to say no that's evidence you said evidence and that was not true you deliberately said something that you knew was false that makes it a lie. Now, I'm willing to let it go, man. You don't have to dig your hole any deeper. You fucking lied about me on Twitter, and I'm not taking shit anymore. Don't fuck with me, man. I don't care anymore. If that wasn't clear enough, right. I'm not running for office. I don't care what you think about me. And your audience should know that you really are kind of a uh, low uh, intellectual integrity individual if you're going to be trying to back up this shit and go, oh, well, evidence is this and proof is this. Okay, go fuck yourself. All right. Well, it's not evidence. It's not. I mean, I, you just said that if I knew the backstory, it might be considered evidence or proof, but I don't oh, know I, the backstory. I rewind the tape. I said without the backstory, it might not be, you might not understand that what it is proof of. I'm presenting a screenshot by definition that is evidence. Make all the semantic games you want. Now your listeners know you're a fucking idiot too. Seriously. You don't know the definition of the word evidence? Come on, man. <laughs> Don't play dumb. <laughs> the claim has to be provable for it to be evidence of anything. Anyways, so Michael Heiss wanted to go with Hornberger as their candidate for the Mises Caucus. That's You're describing that as a whisper campaign against you when a lot of people would view that as political... No, I'm just, no, no, I'm a psychopath. I'm a schizophrenic. I abuse women. Uh, I saw. I made a pledge for people to support only me. You know, I mean, all all this shit, man. It's not. I and it wasn't like. Actually, I love Hornberger. Hornberger's the one who backed me up on these accusations recently against Scott when I released a private conversation with Scott Horton, and and uh, I then I published the email that that prompted from Jacob Hornberger and said, yeah, it was really weird how Scott abandoned me at the last minute. In fact, he said, I think his exact words were it was the most bizarre experience of my life that's scott horton that's a mike heiss operative that's the kind of mises cuckus leadership culture of dishonesty manipulation and backstabbing that i've seen from the entire history of the mises caucus and really it, back to the the the, the cointel pro thing cointel pro's goal with, uh, well one of their one of their their tactics was bad jacketing you know like it I deliberately like like anytime someone pops up, you make sure that their reputation is ruined with rumors, uh, lies, whatever. Doesn't matter if they're provable or not. You just it's it's a full on assault on someone's uh, someone's reputation. And I I was one victim of that. I know from for a fact from my experience. But the purpose of Cointel Pro, and remember they were going after the the anti war movement and the Black Power movements of the sixties and seventies, and. Their goal was not to murder activists. I'm, and I'm really glad they, they figured out a way to <laughs> make counter-authority movements ineffective without murdering people. Although, you know, yeah. uh, what was the, the Rolling Stone? Who was the Rolling Stone guy who was investigating the Pentagon? Uh, Jeremy Hastings. Oh, or, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Hastings. Hastings. Was it, Michael was Hastings. It, 
Well, Michael Hastings, Michael. thank you. Michael Hastings died in a mysterious car crash after you know, and that's why I don't I don't really do that kind of shit in my activism. I don't attack you know the individuals of specific rackets. Um, I, I I attack the paradigm in that sense, the paradigm of statism and the paradigm of compliance with statism that exists as the mainstream you know, motion or notion within the Libertarian Party. Uh, but you think all the people who have an incentive to see the Libertarian Party fail, uh, when they see someone dishonest uh, like Mike Heiss, they see someone uh, you know pursuing uh, dishonest tactics, uh, it's really easy to fund that. It's really easy to support that. It's really easy to sow division. And yeah, I've been responsible for a lot of drama this last week. And all the Mises Cuckers leadership's really upset. But you look at the Libertarian Party over the last few years. Come on. The Mises Caucus for the uh, now has been responsible for so much more drama, divide, and bullshit. And shitty messaging, by the way. And shitty strategy. It's almost like they okay. want us to fail. Okay. Well, um, I God, I don't even know where to go from here. But so no. my opinion. What's that? You know, you don't. <laughs> so so my my understanding is that it it could have been and I, I think you're going to push back against this very aggressively but i think it could have been that michael heiss was given bad information about what you said on stage about why did he bill well no 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 mike heiss ghosted me never took responsibility for it never looked up that shit never fact-checked himself bullshit now nah, that excuse well, holds zero water sorry well I, I i spoke i spoke to michael heiss today and he said that he hasn't heard from you since december so why why did this spiral or boil over over the past 10 days as opposed to you know four months ago well mainly it was because i got the screenshot of mike heiss uh, lying directly in writing in in two very obviously provable lies. One, he said that I called Larry Sharp a pedophile. Never he said that I wrote a pledge to make people say that they would only support me for president. Absolutely not true. Um, never was part of my messaging. And it, th th those are like you know it, gross distortions that that I've heard you know in in, in different ways throughout the years. Um, but, uh, but is there anything beyond that? I mean. It you keep you keep bringing that up, but it, that doesn't seem like enough for you to be as upset as you are. I'm not upset. Well, you seem like you are, man. No, I'm cool, man. I got nothing to lose. I got like I'm just I, I have everything I want in life. This is me like being happy and finally brutally telling the truth about everything I've been holding back. Oh, the other thing that prompted this sort of recent series of revelations was that I said something making fun of Dave Smith when he ghosted on me over this. And it, it that that's what prompted Mike Heiss to start talking shit and saying that I was, you know, I'm a former ally breaking down in hysteria. Well, if this is what breaking down in hysteria looks and feel feels like, I mean, shit. The worst day of being Adam Koke is better than the best day of being that tubby little dishonest piece of shit, Michael Heiss. So, like, I I just put it on the line right there. But about the the the, the brutal honesty. There's, I want to like explain something that did change for me relatively recently, personally, and it has to do with my family and COVID. Are we on YouTube? I'm going to get you censored. That virus, which shall not be named. Um, yeah, please, are we on please YouTube? be careful. Yes, oh. we are. Oh, really? We're playing that game? Oh, that's... Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, you better apologize. Shit. I wanted to, I wanted to have as many people watching as possible, so I'm, I'm you know...
it is what it is. To paraphrase Reservoir Dogs, you believe any of this bullshit about me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. So over COVID, um, my stepfather actually, I believe, died from uh, complications from getting the vaccine. And I've been talking to him and my mother and saying like, hey, this is bullshit. You know, I'm speaking the truth about the, the, the racket around that virus, which shall not be named. And uh, my my step uh, my mother and, and my stepfather got the Moderna uh, two shot vaccine. And about a month afterwards, you know, I, I, I don't know if I want to get too much more personal with this because I might be revealing stuff about them and kind of crossing lines. I mean, shit, yeah, you, he's dead. You don't he's not going to you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to give me details, man. But just just broadly me sharing something that's personal important, if you don't mind. Um, and it's that. Uh, yeah, just shut up and pay attention. You might learn something. So, okay. My mother, God bless her soul, really fell for a lot of the COVIDiacy, obviously. Sure. Despite me being right there telling her. And she has come to apologize and really regret how she treated me and talked to me and didn't talk to me afterwards. And around my stepfather's declining health, I held back on a lot of things because I knew it was a sensitive time for her. When the dust had settled, I wasn't going to just start to keep letting shit slide in issues between me and my mom that had been you know, brewing for what? things that I had let go. And when it came to my and and, and for uh, nine days towards the end, I was there taking care of my stepfather. And he, he had... Fuck it. Uh, he was pissing himself and having panic attacks, and I was changing his diapers. Like, it, it was that kind of, you know, degeneration of a human being. And yeah. um, was it the vaccine? I mean, I can only say with uncertainty based on the pattern of symptoms. If you, you know, don't do an autopsy and see the exact clusters of blood clots, you, you would never know for sure. Fuck, man, the mainstream narrative on COVID is so fallen apart at this point. Can YouTube even really pretend to censor us for this kind of shit? I they still do. You. Yeah, well, I hope you're <laughs> somewhere else recording. Somebody be ripping this in case it gets lost, please. Sure, sure. So I mean my only reservation in, in talking about this right now is you know revealing personal details about my mom and my stepdad. But because it's still very sensitive for my mom, obviously. And I think she's still in denial about it. Yeah. But Despite all of that, I had to tell her, Mom, and this is silly for me at age 40, but if I may sidebar for a second here and I'll fucking catch my breath. The way we do mental health in America is really fucked up because we diagnose problems. We talk about trauma and healing and damage. And, and, and if someone came to me and said, Adam, I only bench uh, 100 pounds. I want to be able to bench 200 pounds like you. I wouldn't 
say, oh, well, let's deal with your weakness problem. Let's let's heal you from your weakness. I'd be like, all right, that's awesome. Let's build that shit up. You know, that's why I look at someone like Joshua Smith and I go, he's not sick or traumatized or suffering from childhood bullshit. He just has low impulse, low impulse control and anger issues. And those are things you can work on, you know, skills you can build and, and ways you can be more, more positive and, and, and more healthy. And uh, it's a big part, by the way, side, side to the sidebar to the sidebar. I'll sneak in a plug here for our nonprofit, uh, which has kind of been on hold since our main guy has been in jail for his involvement in the January 6th bullshit, Ed Vallejo. But homefrontbattlebuddies.org, it's my nonprofit to get vets stoned in the woods or, uh, excuse me, help us pursue alternative therapies that are not available through the VA, like psilocybin and LSD and MDMA and ayahuasca and ketamine and things like that. Uh, but as a C3, of course, we're just a facilitator. As for me, I grow and give mushrooms away here because I go for myself, but that's an, also another story. So I told my mom that she wanted me, and, and, and I, I turned down going to my cousin's wedding. These are all um, really dumb, boot-licking, Stockholm Syndrome, Seattle area liberals that that side of my family were talking about. And uh, I, I turned, and I'm not going to get too personal on this part, but I turned down going to a wedding during COVID because they wanted me to get vaccinated. And I was like, no, nah, me and my wife are still interested in having kids someday. We'll get tested, but we're not going to do that. Because no, you had to be vaccinated. I was like, no, thanks then. I'm just not going to go. Good luck. And, and um, my stepfather was still alive. At that, point. Uh, that was, that was, yeah. He got the vaccine in time for the wedding. Um, and then my mom, when, when it came time for my stepfather's memorial service, my mom wanted me to get tested. And she didn't care. I didn't get tested when I went and changed diapers for my stepdad. She didn't ask me to get tested when I was coming. I like, guess I was just going, she was overwhelmed. Like he had, he had a series of strokes, runaway diabetes, and uh, blood pressure, heart issues that just accelerated. Those, that was his you know, general cluster of symptoms, so to speak. She was caring for him full time, you know, and she needed help. Yeah, of course. Leave her, you know, give her, and then she needed. She was taken away by something else, some some other demand on her time that was entirely so. Say specifics on that, and then I was taking care of my stepfather uh, exclusively, briefly during that time, and that's some scary shit. By the way, be alone taking care of someone in that, that situation—that's some scary shit. But she didn't want me to get tested at all when I came to visit for that. She was grateful to have my help. And then I think it was more with the pressure of our relatives, the rest of our dumbass Seattle liberal folks in the family, the retarded branch of the tree. Uh, they, I think it was more that they pressured her into asking me to get tested for the memorial. And I'm like, God damn it. And this was, this was early this year. My COVID narrative is already falling apart. You're really trying to say, I'm, look at me. Like, I, half of these fuckers are obese. Do you know anything about the COVID statistics? And you're telling me that I'm the risk because I'm not vaccinated and tested? No, you're not. This is not rational. You're singling me out, mom. I'm not playing this game. But then she would have talked to me and it was really kind of, I know, I mean, this is where I will draw the line in privacy. My mom has enough of her own issues and I'm not going to talk about that. So I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, there's nothing malicious. I forgive her for all of this and I still love her dearly, but she's, she's had her faults as a mother. And even recently, 
you know, has said, um, you know, some, some really inappropriate things around all this. And I told her, you know what? I told her, I told her the whole truth of all of my truth by text message. Cause she wouldn't talk to me at the time. And, uh, said, I don't want anything to do with you. If you're going to maintain this mythology and these lies about me, and you're not going to even have the courtesy to talk to me about it. I, I'd rather have integrity than, than a relationship with my mother. That's based on bullshit. Sorry, mom. And it took her a few months and she had to get her own shit together in certain ways. And she's still recovering from a lot of stuff. She's a tough bitch. I give her that surprise, surprise. My mom's a tough bitch. Um, But she came back and apologized. That's nice. That's good. And I know it's a bit of a leap, but I think you can imagine there's a lot of, a lot of growth that, that came to me out of that process and learning all of that. And a big part of it was just, there's like during my campaign for the, the LP presidential nomination in 2020, there was a lot of it that was, was about me sort of inauthentic. Like holy, like, and a big part of it was not calling out Mike Heiss for his bullshit earlier, not confronting the Whisper campaign earlier, and being just direct about it. I was, um, and this, this, this is why, like, the issues of sexuality, I think, are so relevant to our movement and to me right now. And I'm, I'm still a thin libertarian. Libertarianism is just, you know, the 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 essence of the 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 ethics and the philosophy. There are a lot of big implications. You know, the thing about about why the issues around sexuality movement right now is not because of, of actual trans people or actual crazy people who think they're trans and you know or like Rachel Levin who, who wants wants you to believe that just because she cut her dick off doesn't mean she doesn't have good ideas you know um, but there's the masculation of society happening they want you to, they want you to be afraid to confront bullshit you know and and and, and that they want people they, they want to destroy uh, traditional gender roles. And I don't really give a fuck about any individual. You have absolute right to live. And and I I, I will give people this in terms of in favor of the I think I think there's a lot of problems with transsexuality in general, but I'll, I'll give them this. This is really this is I think the most important concession. Your sexuality, your gender identity is determined by what's in your brain, not in your crotch. You want to say you're a man, you want to say you're a woman. I will even call you by the correct pronouns if you don't get upset with me fucking up every now and then and being a little bitch about it, right? Yeah, if you look like a dude and you're saying, I'm really a woman and you want me to call you she, I might fuck up every now and then. If you're going to get upset, fuck your sensitive ass. You're projecting shit. But if you want, like, I'm, you're, you're an asshole. Like so many of these Mises leadership cucks trying to make excuses for this. Like you're an asshole if you don't just say, okay, you have the right to do this and I disagree with it, but I'll call you however you want. I'll address you however you want. Sure. You know? So for me, there's been getting to this point of saying like really internalizing, this is what I want to kind of leap towards the conclusion to really answer your question about the, you know, the timing of all this is I really internalized the idea that nothing you could possibly gain from being inauthentic is worth having. So I'm just going to be off. Okay. Well, it seems it seems to me that perhaps that also impacted your outlook and and that's probably why um some of this has been so vitriolic of late. Is that fair to say? 
I think vitriolic is something an emotionally sensitive person would project into me telling the truth about people. So I'm sorry that you have whatever issues would lead you to that particular word of describing it. Okay. Well, it seems as if the, the, I mean, whether you've been doing it as a troll or it's been genuine anger at so many people, you have certainly lashed out at a number of people and basically anyone that's commented. Pointing out the truth about people is not lashing out. Well, I mean, have I said anything that's that's like is not true? I mean, I've said a lot of dumb jokes. But... I, I certainly don't think that everything you've said is true. I don't think that that Josh Smith has done anything wrong. You well, you seem to think that he has. I just posted of him, and you'll see exactly what he's done wrong. I posted it. It's fair. You can see. It backs up my narrative. And there's enough stuff in there that he's done wrong. And this is fucking immature, childish shit. I mean, look at the way he talks to me. You really don't want to be associated with someone like that. Adam. Are you are you serious that you you've you don't think that the way you've talked to people over the past week has been childish? Oh, that, I oh, I wouldn't deny childish, absolutely childish, totally. Okay. Yeah, so, childish. I mean, but I haven't. Get... I'm I, I mean, you know enough to laugh at stupid shit on Twitter, don't you, Clint? Yes, of course, and I and I've and I've laughed at a, a few I, of your jokes on here. You're tower gang. You better have thick fucking skin the way y'all. I do. Fucking. You fucking... called me an. You called me an idiot and a fucking <laughs> asshole. And I just sat here and I took it all. I've got pretty thick skin, man. The tower pod. I, I mean, I listened to 10 minutes and I could feel my IQ getting lower. I oh, mean, you're right. So not the even intention. school locker room level. You guys are like barely. You guys are like the sixth graders in middle school bickering about whose dick is smaller in the corner of the locker room. That's what kind right. of locker room talk tower. And I look forward to coming on your show with all <laughs> you other dumb fucks next week and schooling y'all up too because you need it obviously well that that one will be much more fun but the reason i bring it up is it seems as if you've gone through a pretty tough emotional time having cared for your your stepfather as he passed away and Honestly, then having the falling no well but still it's hard to it's hard to watch someone that you even know pass in that way oh if adam disagrees he must be mentally unstable no nah, man that's, i'm the that's not what i'm saying man i'm not I'm saying not, you're unstable emotional like I'm not, I'm really not even emotional about this. Like, except to say, I guess this is, I feel relieved. I feel relieved to not give a fuck about what stupid people think about me. Do you I honestly used to believe that all, all of these people are stupid and assholes and liars and idiots? Like it, when, when everyone is that, and all of these people, and many of them, at least I know for a fact, considered you a good friend. It doesn't, it doesn't add up that all Phony. of them phonies and backstabbers even guys has pretended to be a friend it, it, it recently after lying about me mike I, I mean you really think there aren't any infiltrators or saboteurs at all in the freedom movement you must be new here well i i, I still i still find it hard to believe that all of these people that were reaching out to you saying adam what's up and you're and you're then you know immediately calling them liars just because they don't exactly agree with what you saw go down between you and Michael Heiss, you then, you then lump them all into this, like a liar other than, than Michael Heiss and, and Joshua Smith and Dave Smith and Scott, didn't you? No. Oh, oh, well, no, I said he was dishonest after Jacob Hornberger told me he was dishonest, but really, and I, I've called people liars about like petty little shit and shit, but who else have I called a liar? In fact, I didn't even call, I don't, did I call Dave Smith or Josh Smith liars? I, I think I said, I've called them have they i don't think i've actually seen them lie directly but i've seen enough for like really dishonest behavior from josh 
him, David, to call them dishonest. So no, I mean, you're now you're projecting accusations because who else have I called a liar? Okay, well, dishon- dishonest is pretty much calling someone a liar, no? Okay, well, that I have the proof of. I got the receipts. I've posted them. But no, who else is, have I called? No, and, be, and there's a distinction. Um, being being dishonest can be a lot of different things, um, but telling a lie is knowingly saying or writing or communicating something that you know to be false. Right. That's, that's but, my working definition. If you're using a definition other than that, like, please go ahead and let me know. But okay. it, it's, it's really not relevant, but it seems as if with all- the truth or a mission, uh, you know, lying by a mission, you know, isn't really lying, but it is, it is dishonest and it can be very manipulative. Okay. Well, it, semantics aside, as you said earlier, um, it seems as if anybody, anybody that hasn't just accepted your animus towards Michael Heiss at face value and has come to you saying, Adam, are you okay? You have then pivoted, screenshotted, and posted publicly multiple occasions now, trying to trying to make them look bad. And every time I've read them, it seems as if people are genuinely concerned about you, but you're viewing that as dishonesty, lying, carrying water for Michael Heiss, whatever way you want to view it. Um, is why? Why? Why would? Why would you think that all these people are are turning against you? It it does strike me as a bit paranoid. I think a lot of people have fallen under the Mises caucus bias spell and I'll do whatever it takes to break that. If I got to sacrifice some of my Twitter following to call attention to this shit and be childish for a while online, thank you for, for attending my trolling. I really appreciate it. Thank you for, thank you for the attention. Y'all a bunch okay, of suckers. Well then, then, then let's, let's move. Thank you, Ben. Uh, let's move past the, the Michael Heist drama in particular and say, I want to say something that's relevant and all this that I, that I pointed out earlier. That's been a lot of fun for me on Twitter, just being like absolutely no holds barred, discrediting people based on their appearance. You should judge people by their appearance. You should not take workout advice from people who are weak. You should not take diet advice from people who are fat and you should not take advice on thinking from people who with their intelligence, with their, their appearance clearly communicate that they're fucking morons. Like if they're wearing a MAGA hat or a Biden t-shirt or something like that, you know, that's not someone you want to take advice from in general, by the way, I, <laughs> I wasn't planning this, but I am wearing a Joe Biden shirt. <laughs> uh, an FJB shirt, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, some, yeah exactly. Biden gave me this. <laughs> so, so can you, can you tell me why, I mean, it seems I, I understand your grievance with Michael Hayes. It clears day. Uh, and I, everybody who's defended his lies and everybody who's passed them on without question for their bullshit and everybody who's gone along with it, myself included, man, I fucked up over the last three years because I let that shit go and I never should have, honestly. But I'm calling out everybody. I'm calling out myself for that. And I'm calling out everybody who's doing it now. And I got to tell you, I'm an equal opportunity fingerer. I said all the assholes. I'm not playing factional favorites. I think they're all assholes. And and and, and Nick Starwork is, is, I mean, we're as, I mean, him and him and Mike Heiss are two peas in a pot, as far as I'm concerned. Huh. Interesting. Well, so what is your grievance with the the Mises Caucus? I mean, you said that the messaging's bad. You you just think that that they're uh, abusing Ron Paul's legacy and and what we're trying to accomplish here, or what? Well, to be clear, I think most of the grassroots of the Mises Caucus are just are, are well-intentioned. And the, the premise of the Mises Caucus sounds really good, right? It's, you know, if you're a Ron Paul guy and you're not comfortable coming into the Libertarian Party because Nick Sarwark is doing this 
shitty, you know, kiss ass to the leftists kind of woke messaging. You can feel comfortable coming in as a Ron Paul libertarian you know, under under the Mises caucus banner. And like that's that's cool if it's a gateway and people come in and it's just that. But when it turns into nonstop factional infighting and shitty messaging and t- like if you have the numbers, why is the takeover so walk in and take over? Well, because they don't really have the best interests of the party at heart. And 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 I, I really think it's 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 more the leadership again than the membership, but there is something like really fundamentally flawed. Like if you're not comfortable coming into the libertarian party, unless you can identify as what, so it's also attracted a lot of insecure people who are willing to, you know, who are willing to go along with Mike Heiss's bullshit. Um, I see it. I see it the exact opposite. Oh, please explain. Sorry, your, your connection spotty, man. Uh, I see it. I see it as the exact opposite that the the people that are establishment LP are feeling insecure with the Mises caucus moving in on their territory. And and a lot in my experience, all of the hate has been directed at us. And then we have responded in kind. You obviously see it the other way. No, I think you're all assholes and your bias is showing and, and, and you really are showing a low level of just intellectual consistency and integrity to have such a bias towards your own experience in this and be like, well, I'm Mises caucus and I identify as Mises caucus. So it's, it's the Nick Sarwark guys and the lefties and, and all those prags and those are the assholes in the party. Adam, Adam, all I can tell, all, all I can speak to is what I've seen. And what I've seen is that we have been on the defense when I have reached across the aisle numerous times, trying to build bridges as I'm doing with you right now. And I've been called an idiot and a liar and an asshole and carrying water for Michael Heiss and everything else. So I don't agree with your, your position. You, you are very upset clearly, even though you've denied it repeatedly and, and you're lashing out and I'm here, I'm here trying to build a bridge and there's no, there's zero appreciation from you. In fact, you're saying that the Mises caucus is in fact the, the contentious side of things, which has not been my experience at all. I'll appreciate you when you get some intellectual integrity and do your homework before you open your mouth. You said you haven't seen much. I agree with you there. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen what you're describing. So yeah, well, I mean, look at truth. even just ones in New New Hampshire, California, uh, Oregon, uh, Washington. I mean, every Texas even just now. I'm not even paying attention to this shit. I haven't. I just have a lot of friends in state LP organizations, friends who I've known and longer than Mike Heiss. And by the way, I know Mike Heiss going back to when he was my co-host on Adam versus the Man. And by the way, he's really smart, and he's re- like he should have gotten into media himself. He's he's he was a great co-host for my show. He's really good on air. He's really good speaking the message. But I fired him because he was dishonest and slimy and everything behind the scenes. And I I said, you know what, Mike? I said, I I let him go nicely. I said, look, you know, you're not a a fit for what I'm doing with this business right now. But, you know, I love you and I support you and you're great on the message. And I I encourage you to to stay active in the movement. And uh, I think he's had a chip on his shoulder ever since then because I've heard him lying even about stuff like that. Lies that I've gotten about that episode with Mike Heiss in, in writing from uh, Angela as well. If it wasn't clear, I'm, 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 she's definitely knowing lied as well. And definitely in the anti-Angela hurdle for chair. But I'm just an alternate. <laughs> so uh, my, my vote probably won't even count. <laughs>
Okay. Well, I, I also spoke with Angela today and, and she sent me, uh, you know, privately, I'm not going to discuss the contents of it, but she sent me an email to you that seemed again, as if a friend was reaching out to someone who they respected. And by the way, let me, let me start, start or stop and say, uh, snakes, dishonest people in politics, Clint, again, don't sound so course, naive. Get of your course new there's dishonest people in politics, of course, but, but, but I would hope. I would hope that a, a third party that has no chance of winning would not carry on the the you know the legacy of the duopoly when it comes to dishonesty. Anyways, point being, right. and, um, and we don't have a chance as long as we tolerate dishonest people like Dave Smith, Mike Heiss, Josh Smith, and Angela McArdle. We can't tolerate that kind of dishonesty in our movement. We well, really that's, have to face up. That's to your it. perspective. <laughs> I I have found them to be extraordinarily honest and upstanding people. In my personal interactions well, with them, I truly have. And if I haven't posted the conversation with Angela yet, um, but I probably will before the convention. I mean, there's some really obvious lies in it. Stuff that was passed on, stuff like I called I called Larry Sharper pedophile. I mean, there's just like really dumb lies from Angela about me. And now, I mean, she puts on a good diet. So is Mike Heiss. He talks a good game. But I mean, if you, if you really, Clint, open your eyes, look around the party, like do like go, go talk to some state chairs outside of your state. What state are you in? I'm in Florida, but I, I was just in Texas talking to the chair of the Texas LP. And I and I was trying to, to hash out his differences of opinion with the Mises caucus, too. I find that when I actually am on the ground, I have great conversations with everybody, even the, you know, the OGLP. Well, so are the Bueno incident with the Mises caucus in Florida then, right? What about it? Yeah, I had her on my show. Everywhere the Mises Caucus has any kind of influence, it's drama and conflict. Well, and that's, then that's strategy. that's part of a transition period when for governor. I mean, it's just really stupid shit like that. Well, that that's part of a transition period in any political movement is that uh, as the people that we don't believe were carrying forward Ron Paul's legacy in a way that we felt did it justice, and we're stepping Ron in to Paul try and do that. <laughs> nepotism and profiteering off the message. Well, that's your Jesse perspective Benton. of it. I, I Look up Jesse Benton and John Tate, don't believe me. Sorry. Don't meet I, your I'm heroes. Sorry, man. Your, your, your connection was spotty. Please say that one more time. Oh, yeah. Look up John Tate and Jesse Benton if you really want the story about Ron Paul and, and his legacy in politics of nepotism and, and profiteering off the message. Okay, well, I mean, are you going to discount what he did, what he accomplished? No, absolutely not. I mean, I organized veterans for Ron Paul in 2008. Right. So it seems as if you're trying to paint it as as he is not to be looked up to or carry on his legacy. Is that correct? Well, in terms of the good part of his legacy, well, actually, even his messaging really, I mean, it was only good because it was really great in that moment and how it reached people. And when I interviewed him for my t television show on RT, uh, he, he affirmed and explained what it meant to be a voluntarist. And I think he carried that through. But he's actually much more anarchist sentiments in, in the last few years. I saw him speak at Acapulco, and he said something to the yeah. effect of, you know, we should ultimately have zero government. And, uh, you know, his message about there, there are a lot of Constitution fetishists in the Libertarian Party. And the fact is, the Constitution was the product of the coup of 1789 against the uh, the Articles of Confederation. And um, I might have my book here, but there's a book, the Constitution Revisited. I've read Spooner too. It's okay. Uh, yeah. yeah well, 
good example, but Sheldon uh, Atchison, I think, recently did did a book called The, the Constitution Revisited in America's Counter-Revolution. And honestly, about Ron Paul's message being being kind of founded in the Constitution, uh, I think it reinforced the, the, the false mythology of, you know, rights come from the Bill of Rights. And, you know, uh, and, and authority is legitimate if it's a contract, you know. So, no. Um, and, yeah, it's the difference between, you know, Spooner's it's Yeah, it's minarchist versus anarchist. Uh, and, I, and I think that's fair. And I think that, that Ron is evolving his ideology a little bit as he sees that the, the government is completely out of control. And I think that's good. I mean, that shows that he still has, you know, cerebral pliability even at his old age. And that's pretty oh, impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Or he um, saw the movement was going in this direction and wanted to keep, you know, getting tens of thousands of dollars for speaking gigs. Okay. Well, if you think it's profiteering, I'd be surprised. Uh, he's he seems to be a true believer. But regardless, um, so I don't think he's not a true believer. I don't. I don't think he's not a true believer. His effectiveness with the nepotism and the profiteering, at least what he's allowed around him. I won't speculate to his motives, though, because I don't know. Um, oh, geez. MD says, is Adam being paid to run a COINTEL, dis uh, can COINTEL Pro disruption campaign against Heist and the Mises Caucus by someone in the lead up to Reno? Something to consider. He's glowing. No, nah, man. I've had obviously this backstory goes back years, but I'm just as concerned about Nick Sarwark and the Prags. I think the Prags themselves, like I'm, I'm if I was affiliated with any caucus in a meaningful way, aside from the psychedelic caucus and the fuck all the caucuses caucus that I, I just made up. Um, it was the, I was a radical, you know, and I really do sure. believe that the Prags are a cancer on the party. And I believe that they've pushed out a lot of good uh, anarchists and volunteerists over the years. Uh, well, then we don't disagree there. Um, I think that from my vantage point, the reason I'm involved with the Mises caucus is because I don't want the Prags involved. Not, not the, there's a few good ones, but the, by and large, so don't be don't be an idiot trying to fight fire with fire. Fight fire with water, you know. And and I would love nothing more than for uh, the the way that I've already exposed the dishonesty of the Mises Caucus leadership to result in the membership either overthrowing the leadership or most of them just getting sick of the drama and either leaving the party or just saying, you know what, I can participate in the Libertarian Party without being associated with this toxic brand of the Feces Caucus, and I don't have to be Mike Heiss's little bitch and follow strategic marching orders that are really dumb and questionable and go along with dishonest strategy. I can just be a good faith member, grassroots ground on, you know, boots on the ground activist for the Libertarian Party. Well, I, I have some bad news for you, man, because I'm pretty confident that the Mises Caucus is going to take it at Reno. And and this is this is going to be the future of the Libertarian Party. If that's the case, do you have any interest in being involved, given your, you know, decade I don't have plus? Involved at this point, man, I'm already sick of this shit. You couldn't tell. Like, I really don't care. Well, that, that, I think that's that's what I find fascinating is that if you don't care, then why is it that you want to? tear to pieces the entire leadership of the Mises caucus because I really hate seeing people taken advantage of. I think there's a lot of good energy in the grassroots of the Mises caucus. And I, and I hate to see it misguided. I, I'd like to see those people come in just as, as unaffiliated individuals who say, you know what, I'm, I'm confident in my identity as a libertarian. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the bullshit factionalism is, is I think infiltrators or, or profiteers or saboteurs, people taking advantage of libertarian insecurities, like, it's not enough to be a libertarian. I got to be a, 
this libertarian or that libertarian. You know, I got to have this adjective or that adjective. I got to differentiate myself all the way down to my own little individual set of labels. You know, fuck that. You know, there's never going to be a centralized plan for freedom. And if anything, this was the big flaw of my presidential campaign because, you know, I wasn't running for president. I was running on the platform of dissolving the federal government and taking it through a peaceful right. or bankruptcy process. And the way that we had described that as a, as a matter of policy, absolutely. I was not running to be president. I was running for president to put no federal government at all on the ballot. And let's have a peaceful transition to 50 independent states, which would still be, you know, behemoth, you know, Leviathan monstrosities of statism. But at least we could get all agree on one level of elimination localization. So we get down to 50 states. 14 territories and up to you know, 562 sovereign native nations in one step. But that's still kind of a top-down plan. What I'm doing here now, I think, is really more relevant in the bottom up and just, you know, living by principles. You know, I, I, I don't pretend that I'm perfect, that like I don't pay taxes. Yeah, I still use dollars for some things, but I don't hold dollars. You know, I hold crypto and I hold silver and I hold real assets. I don't pay any more. I don't, I don't have a W-2 job. I, I, I'm, I'm a net drain on the government. And I think everybody can, who can take any individual benefits from the government uh, should, if, should not leave that money on the table and make government's job any easier. If you don't deserve that money, you still have a great opportunity to take that money and give it to someone who does deserve it. Maybe someone who you think of as more of a real victim of government. So well, I, I got to push. Well, I got to push. Well, hold on. What we're doing here in Gardenia, that's short for the garden of freedom. That's the name for the homestead is uh, we're, we're, and we're, we're working on the organization and building it up and developing the documents, but actually developing the, uh, uh, the process to become a microstate and say, no, I own this land. It's a constitutional propertarian monarchy. You know, the, the, the thing about open borders or closed borders is a really dumb debate for libertarians. It's private property borders or government borders and be as open as closed as the property owner wants. It's a really dumb, unnecessary, divisive debate. I like, agree. Debate between your asshole, Mike Heiser, Nick Sarwark. You know, it's kind of like the old party voters standing around with, you know, two handfuls of shit going, geez, I wonder which one smells better. And I just want to scream, drop the shit. Stop voting Democrat and Republican. And I say the same thing for the Libertarian Party. Stop letting dishonest people have relevant roles within the Libertarian Party. Stop giving them any credibility. Get rid of I, all Mike Heises and all the Nick Sarworks. I got I got to say, man, um, you know, given some of the evidence that has been sent to me, uh, you know, you had you had fugazi silver that you were selling through your show you're talking about dishonesty it it, it feels as if a bit that, of this is progression so uh, projection rather points for adam versus the man and we had some extra copper rounds and so it was a thank you to people we sent extra copper rounds and it was like a joke like hey look it's a copper round that says silver on it duh we didn't okay. rip anybody that's a fucking lie and i like Anybody who wants to believe that shit, man, and not do their homework on it, or not even ask my side of it, or look into the facts, or or present anybody I'm your side right now off by that. Not a single person can say they paid for they paid for silver and got a copper coin. That's fucking ridiculous. Well, that's that's why I ask because I don't know. Um, but anyways, it does seem as if you know if you're talking if you're talking. About you you asked in an accusatory way because you're trying to back up your image of me. I don't give a fuck, man. Keep your shit. Well, keep your shit up. I, I've been I've been told it, Adam. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to look at a picture of a bronze thing that's stamped with silver and just go, "Oh, I'm sure that was a joke that he sent out." You know, come on. How could how could you, I possibly know that? You just believe everything that you're told. Did you get the COVID vaccine? No. 
vaccinated. No, I don't. I don't believe everything I'm told, which is exactly why I've asked you for evidence of your case, and I haven't been presented with any. You believe whatever you're told from anybody who can pretend to be a libertarian enough. All right. No, because I think you're a libertarian, and I don't believe you. So. <laughs> yeah, because I because you've already got the bias towards the Mises caucus, and I'm sorry that you your your bias is showing through all of this. But you know your viewers can just. Oh yeah, I I have interacted with these people a lot, and they've shown themselves to be nothing but honorable. Whereas you have been, you know chastising people for their appearance online including women that weren't even going after you i said mean things that were true on twitter and people couldn't take it oh no oh you should totally discredit everything i have to say clint i mean is that is that really the principles you live by is that you just talk shit to people randomly for no reason so one of my favorite comics is cy amundsen and he has this bit about it, it about um, his obsessive compulsive disorder, and that there was one time uh, he, he his issues with doors. And uh, hey, welcome to human life. Uh, doors everywhere, forever, and he can't walk through doors. That's his anxiety thing with it, with his OCD. And he was he was about to go into a store, and like he's just fucked up in his head. And he said this. this Ruddy hillbilly in an El Camino came up and, and and screeched his tires up next to him and said, "Hey, fag! What's wrong? But what color is the sky in your world?" And and just peeled off. And he has this whole bit about like, uh, and he was so upset that that he just was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna forget everything I just had in my head." And he just walked through the door and he was in the store being angry at this guy. And then was like, "Oh my god, I just got over my fear of doors." <laughs> and so a lot of what I do with what people call fat shaming is, is kind of that shock therapy of, of just telling people the brutal truth that they're afraid to face. You know, why are people fat? It's, it's, it's not because, I mean, yeah, there's, there's the one in a hundred case, whatever, where it's a genetic thing or you have just, and, and I'm not talking about those people, but when someone is overweight, it's a reflection of something that's wrong in their head. Right. And, and, and we should judge people for that. Not not like condemn them. They're not bad people. We should judge that reality. We should judge the fact that when someone is overweight, by the way, I can tell stories about my parents, too, because they both started getting fat after they had kids and they got a lot better when they started losing the weight much later. Um, but no, it's 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 let, a reflection let, of that. Let, and so let me just I, say that there is there is something that it, it does sort of it's like I, I don't say it's untrue. But if I have to, like, if you're going to, if I'm going to, if I'm going to live in your head rent free for a week because you're fat, you're much less likely to be fat as a result. Adam, there's something, there's something to be said for ruthless and brutal honesty with friends, family, etc. Telling it's that so to much strangers on the internet yeah, is not exactly a kind or tactical way. And I sincerely doubt that anyone that was insulted by you over the past week is going to go, I'm going to hit the, I'm going to hit the gym now. Now, well, I'm sorry. You must have missed it, Clint, but I got to mention, I was so proud of this from someone who, who said, you know what, Adam, I was one of the guys who was triggered by your fat shaming episode from three years ago, and it put me on the right track. So there. All right. Well, so you've I, been doing this for a while. Okay. I didn't know. Yeah, no, I've been the thing like, oh, Adam's making fun of fat people. I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's, it's something that like our, our society is too nice. You know, we have been bullied into a false politeness. You know, hey, that we have... We, we have Reed Coverdale chiming in saying that this video has really helped Adam's case. So there you go. You got one vote of confidence. One more. Um, that's not sarcastic, but I, I don't really care. Um, I'm having, <laughs> but you know, it's been, a, dude, you're get, you've got me over time. 
Um, so I'm, I'm okay. Gonna... Well, we can we can wrap here, but I I just want to say um, I really appreciate what you've done through your career of activism, and it hurts me to see you uh, go after a lot of people that I think are really good people, and that's just the truth. Well, and and I. Which hurt you, Clint, what should hurt you is realizing that people who have thin resumes and have never done what I've done for the cause and have never put their lives on the line and have never lived the principles of this message fooled you into thinking that they were honorable people in the first place. And I know you're going to go through like a five stages of grief thing on this because you you really looked up to Mike Heiss and Josh Smith and Dave Smith and you're going to have to confront this shit and you're, gonna, you're, you're still in a kind of denial phase and I know it hurts. And I know it hurts because you know that I have the credibility and I have the resume that none of these assholes have not a single one of them except ian freeman and he loves me except he's he's on the uh, low end of the age of consent issue like tom woods but no I, none of these assholes who are taking me on uh, can can hold a candle to my credibility by resume and 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 that's what's going to hurt you is to to, to to admit what you have been suckered into what, what you have fallen for and i'll well, I'll, I, wait, I, I'll wait for you I, to I, and it's okay. I'll, 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 I'll take. I've got. I'm old enough. I've been around enough. I'm fucking patient enough. I, if it takes you two years to get your head out of your ass, Clint, I will gladly accept the apology. Well, I, I appreciate you keeping that door open for me. Um, I will say, I, I, I have found all of these people to be honorable and honest and upstanding and direct and really good people. So I, I am. If it, if it comes. Yeah, well, you can think that if it comes to pass that I'm mistaken, uh, I will certainly eat my words. But I, I, I want to tell you that I have not been, I have not been proven by any of your allegations, other than a what appears to be an honest misunderstanding from Michael Heiss about one interaction many years no. ago on stage. Nah, nah, that's your bullshit denial. There is nothing honest about what Mike Heiss said in writing about me recently. You know that for a fact now. And if he doesn't show footage of me saying that, that, if, that, that me call, ask Larry Sharp. Larry Sharp was okay. there. As Larry I Sharp will. told, ask Larry Sharp. If you really doubt that this is an absolute lie, you can also look at the pledge he's referring to. The pledge was to, as long as there is big caveat, like as long as there is a viable candidate presenting a no president option, you won't support anybody to be president. That was it. It was a, it was a pledge to put well, the priority on my platform. It wasn't a pledge to support me exclusively. I mean, you can go back on the way machine and look at kokeshforpresident.com. That's an obvious fucking lie. And Mike Heiss has been ghosting me on this for years. So no, well, fuck him. Let me, fuck let me say. Fuck your denial. I'll tell you straight up. Okay. Get your head out of your ass. You're at least going to apologize for being wrong about this because it's straight up facts in your face and you're still giving liars the benefit of the hey, doubt. Because of your if personal I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, I will absolutely apologize. Let me say two things. That's what it takes. Ask Larry Sharp. I dare you. And I know you I will. Larry Sharp. Fucking ask Larry Sharp. I'll accept your apology. Okay. Larry I'll Sharp will never called me a pedophile. Larry okay. Sharp will tell you. I will ask, I will ask you, Larry Sharp. What do you do when you find out that Mike Heiss is a liar to your satisfaction? Then I will tell Michael Heiss that he needs to apologize to you. And what if he doesn't? Or what if it's a bullshit apology? Well, I'm I'm not going to go down the hypotheticals, man. If that if that comes to pass, we'll we'll cross that bridge. But I I will say this: I spoke to I spoke with Michael Heiss today, and he said he would be he would welcome a call from you. And I hope that you guys can talk this out because it seems as if the the primary um, animus that you're bringing into this is because of what transpired between the two of you. And and I think that it would be a, a service to the 
the movement, not even the Libertarian Party, but just the movement. If and, and if we can leadership of the Mises Caucus, absolutely, and that's what I'm set on. I I understand that's your perspective. I hope I hope that you can talk it out. No place in our movement. Sorry, I'm not. Hope you I'm not going to play nice with liars. I'm not going to play nice with people who act like saboteurs. No, no more bullshit. I don't care. I'm not going to pander. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to hold back. No, I, I don't expect you to. Uh, uh, before I get you out of here, I, I do want to ask one last question. Uh, Dave Smith notified me that as of a couple weeks ago, you were you were saying that you hope that he becomes the presidential candidate. Do you still support him given what what's transpired? I mean, do I support him personally? No, I think he's dishonest. And I think he, he, he uh, well, I'm, I'm not going to get into all the ways that, that he is part of the problem, so to speak. But the dishonesty from my experience is enough for me to say, no, nah, I don't think, I, I would never support him as a representative of me. And, and there's enough stuff that he said that's just, I don't know, stuff that just, I, I would say, it, that doesn't represent the, the, the truly well-intentioned spirit the, the, the love for humanity behind the message that is in the statement of principles for the Libertarian Party. Um, but, you know, if, if the Libertarian Party continues to be the embarrassment that it has been because we have been suckers for saboteurs, uh, then Dave Smith would be a great face for it. So what has Dave done that, that was deceptive to you? He told me he was going to ask Mike Heiss about why I got kicked out of the Facebook group and then ghosted me when I when I asked him about it and confronted him about it. Okay. All right, man. Well, I appreciate just cover covering for Mike Tyson. That, that's the dishonesty. He didn't actually lie to me. Again, important factual distinction. I don't know, and I've never called. I don't think. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't give a fuck if I'm sloppy anymore either. I I don't. Um, but if I, I don't think I ever called him a liar, because I don't think I have evidence of of or you know of of Dave Smith lying directly, and he might just be you know dishonest and manipulative, and so I'll I'll, I'll make that differentiation. All right. Well, I'm sure he'll appreciate that. All right, brother. You want to tell people where to follow you? Oh, not really. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you for your time, Adam. I really hope that at some point. If people want to research all this shit on Twitter, it's at Adam Kokesh, just like my name spelled, just all one word. Uh, but I don't, I don't really give a fuck about Twitter either. As far as I can tell, I guess just let my whole following go if, if that's what this takes. Um, but no, I am watching to see how the Elon Musk thing plays out with Twitter. That's going to be interesting. But, uh, you know, blockchain-based, censorship-free, Telegram, is a, I'm, I'm a big advocate for Telegram. You can create your own feed. You can really control conversations. It's it's an all-purpose messenger built into one. Telegram is really where it's at. T.me slash Adam versus the man. You won't want to be on any social media when you really get set up and moved into Telegram properly. It's a very simple, easy, intuitive app. Um, and then Odyssey for video. Uh, fuck YouTube, man. I can't believe you're still, you're still on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, God damn, been here a year, man. Something back. Uh, or you're not getting very many, very many views. You're not a threat. Whatever. YouTube is is so fucking toxic on so on so many levels. Uh, but no, I've been banned and had strikes and not been allowed to post and demonetized. You know, so many different ways. You can look at my numbers; it's really hilarious, just how how obvious they made it in my case. So I'm a big fan of Odyssey, O D Y S E E dot com, and there I'm just at Adam Kokish as well. So, yeah. so sounds good, man. Well, uh, just as a closing note, I really do hope 
that there is a path to peace. I uh, peace is inevitable, my friend. Yeah, well, it is, but let's hope it happens before we die, right? Uh, anyways, thank you for the time. Humanity. I I remain I remain confidently optimistic in human progress, despite everything that the LP is going through right now. It really is is petty and insignificant. Well, peace and love, y'all. Clint, I appreciate you at least, unlike a lot of these other shysters, being willing to have the conversation. So kudos to you for that. I appreciate that. And to, one last thing. One last thing. Support a sponsor. Support the show. If you don't like me, you didn't like this episode, find another episode of Clint's, whatever it is, because this support for independent media, and he knows this, independent media needs an active, engaged audience to be relevant, to have any chance of succeeding. So, and for that, Clint, I, I love and appreciate what you're doing. I support you in that, and I support your audience supporting you. Thank you, man. I wish you well. Have a good night. Well, then. <laughs> Uh, sorry guys. I don't, I mean, I did my best. I really did. Uh, I, I tried to get to the bottom of things. I really appreciate you guys all tuning in. We had like, I don't even know, three, 400 live viewers, uh, throughout the stream, which is great. Uh, but more than anything, if you, I, I hope, I hope it sh shown through what I was actually, uh, attempting to accomplish here is that I believe that Adam has done really good things for the movement over the past 20 years. And uh, I think it would be a disservice to lose him over this nonsense. I, just to be very clear, I still believe that this was a misunderstanding. I, I honestly do. <laughs> as crazy as that is, um, I think that it's a misunderstanding. Michael Heiss was told something that that perhaps was off a little bit, where uh, Adam said that he was uh, a pedo apologist, that talking about whatever the uh, Bill Weld and. And then he extrapolated that towards the the support for uh, Larry Sharp. That's my honest opinion as to what transpired. I don't know if that's exactly correct. And before Adam hops back in here and calls me a liar, I don't know if that's exactly correct. Um, but I, I did my best to try and peacemake, and I and I hope that he will accept the call from Michael Heiss or vice versa. He will reach out to Michael Heiss. They both have each other's numbers. Uh, this is all kind of childish and absurd. And I really hope that we can all move past this at this point. Um, I really do appreciate that so many people were interested in this conversation. I, I want to also say, I didn't want to do this for the shit stirring aspect of things. Um, in fact, I hate it. I hate doing shows like this where it's like the latest drama of the week and, oh, Clint wants to hop on board and get eyeballs over it. Like, no, I like talking about shit that actually matters. And in my opinion, uh, what's happening in the world is extraordinarily serious and none of this is. So, I hope that getting past this, we can actually fucking focus on what matters and and try and you know work together, as gay as that is. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to give a little bit more feedback on my speech at uh, Mises Caucus Texas. It was an incredible event. Uh, but before I do that, I want to thank our other sponsor for the show, which, by the way, IP Vanish. Make sure you support them. Go to ipvanish.com forward slash Clint. Or if you are in a position where your employer treated you like a slave over the past two years and particularly over the past six months when it comes to vaccine mandates, well, careerhackers.com will give you a newsletter that will help you uh, figure out the best way to become a better job applicant or start your own business. Go to careerhackers.com and sign up for their free newsletter, The Daily Job Hunt, and they will give you those tips for free. Cost you nothing. Careerhackers.com. So, 
the speech itself was incredible as everyone funnels out because no one gives a shit about my speech. But this was my first live speech. So hang in there for a second. Uh, first live speech. And it was just the anxiety leading up to it was overwhelming because I've never done it before. And I knew there was going to be hundreds of people in this auditorium. And it was super intense. Um, every day, every hour, every minute leading up to it, my anxiety got higher and higher and higher and higher. And then I walk in there and I see Dave and I see Eric July and I see Scott Horton and they're all, you know, lifting my spirits. But then I realize that I'm going to have my three icons sitting front row as I give my first ever speech with a couple. It was 150 people in in the theater, plus another hundred in the overflow that was watching us on the live stream. It was crazy it was time of my life. Um, so all this anxiety builds up as soon as I stand up as my name gets called to, to go give the first speech of the night. And all of the anxiety just lifts off of me. And I thought I did a really good job. So uh, obviously, I think I can do a lot better. And uh, now that I have one under my belt, I really hope that I can. We'll find out. Um, but I, I really want to thank the uh, Mises Caucus Texas for giving me that opportunity. And I want to thank Adam for coming on, even though I genuinely believe he's going through some some hard times with what transpired with his stepfather and uh, and you know having a falling out with his mom over it. Um, and I think that he does feel hurt, you know, and that's human. So I hope that instead of piling on, uh, we can try and give him a bit of grace and, uh, and accept that we're all flawed. And I know that's gay and I'm sorry, but I would rather not hate somebody forever. So thank you guys for tuning in. Please smash that like button, please subscribe. And I will catch you next time. Thank you guys. I'm out. Before we get out of here, I just want to thank the people that continue to leave five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We've got two more five-stars. Leonard Noah says, uh, episode 159, best podcast to date. Excellent. Well, thank you, brother. And then uh, BBS says, love the show. Awesome show. Keep up the good work. And I shall. I shall indeed. We're going to have another couple episodes this week. But I just want to continue to thank you guys for the unlimited support that you have been giving me. Continue to share, continue to like, continue to subscribe over on YouTube. And honestly, if you didn't watch this one, you might want to. Adam is a very uh, interesting, just, he's a character, man. He's a character. My reactions to the stuff he's saying, uh, I got to watch it back a little bit, of it, little bit of it, and it is damn funny. So... If you'd like, go over to YouTube, you can check it out, or go to Odyssey, where I also have a channel, and subscribe there if you want to see the, the less, less censored version of myself. And as always, make sure you go over to libertylockdown.locals.com if you want to support the show. Thank you so much. We're out. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening Scared Hollywood, lefties lyrical feminine A typo in Luke might bring them nooses We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit 
Peter Quinones, invite me on. Which podcaster sends custom songs? Part of the problem? Now nah, I stand with the people. Dave showed the way, but I am unequal. Lions of Liberty now hear me roar. Beat running out, but I got a bit more. Robbie the Fire always running his mouth, but I made him a sandwich. Now I'm man of the house. The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit. I went over BLM with the fire I spit. Friends against government just call us fags. Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag. Liable opinions get thrown on the ground. Silky smooth time was the only sound. Getting so hot must be air July. Screaming in the mic, a rip of 59. Miles to ratio that black guns matter. Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders. None of us wanted war, but we're ready. You know I be bopping and rock steady. Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, we'll come and it'll go. The government knows us, don't get treated like a hoe.